My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hey guys! Welcome, welcome to another spectacular, stupendous, awesome, holiday cheer-filled episode of Fanholes Transformers Tuesdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm here with some apple cider and eggnog, and joining me tonight is one of my fellow fanholes roasting chestnuts over an open fire why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight toasty it's mike awesome so yeah so so we're here kind of uh, as a, a, we we made a long term promise i think to do the rest of the transformers uk christmas stories and and we covered sort of the first half of them last year and now that Christmas is upon us again this year, we figure it's only fair that we follow through on our promises. And so we, we are going to be discussing three, sort of four, issues of the Transformers UK comic book series tonight. And they, they often had their sort of annual Christmas stories. And I guess, yeah, I mean, you know, me and Mike, we're, you know, Mike's going to read some synopses and we're going to sort of go one by one I guess in chronological order and then we're going to we're going to talk about these stories so take it away Alrighty. well the first story is from Transformers Marvel UK 145 it's titled Stargazing uh it's got a cover date of uh December 26 1987 uh the plot is by Simon Furman uh the script Ian Rimmer uh, pencils by Jeff Anderson, inks by Stephen Baskerville, colors by Ewan Peters, and letters by Annie Halfacre. Um, and I'm just, I'm pretty much just a, I'm, I didn't write these summaries, I'm just reading them off TF Wiki, because, you know, like, I think we said in previous episodes, it's like, I actually, like, trust TF Wiki to have, like, you know, actual grammar in their summary. Well, yeah, so, it's going to yeah. be in English. He, he yeah. may make some snide comments that I don't necessarily endorse or <laughs> agree with, but, but it's definitely in English. So. <laughs> nice. Okay, so I will read that summary. Starscream has awakened from his deep sleep capsule and comes to a personal revelation. For all his treachery and lust for conquest, what he really wants is to see his home again. His angst is interrupted by a young man who tells Starscream to cheer up. It's Christmas Eve. Starscream is not impressed. He'd squash the fleshling then and there if he weren't so depressed. Stubbornly, the kid refuses to leave until he demonstrates the Christmas spirit to Starscream. Starscream reluctantly flies him into town, where along the way they spy a van full of senior citizens stuck in some snow. Stopping, the kid suggests to Starscream that he should rescue them. But what's in it for me? Starscream asks. As Starscream reaches the van, he is blasted from behind by Streetwise, who suspects ill-doing from the Decepticon. After a heated battle, both are interrupted by the kid, who chastises Streetwise for jumping to conclusions. As Streetwise watches, Starscream picks up the van and sets it back down on the road. Streetwise escorts the van to its destination. Later, downtown in front of a Christmas tree, the kid explains to Starscream the meaning of the Christmas spirit, of charity, and the communal reassurance of goodwill. Starscream doesn't care. The kid is confused. Didn't Starscream enjoy saving the elderly humans in the van? No, Starscream counters. He was merely pleased to humiliate the Autobot. Distraught, the kid wanders away, finally conceding defeat. Starscream laughs, momentarily thinks better of it, and finally wishes the surprised kid a Merry Christmas. Continuing in the uh, proud tradition of UK Christmas stories, like yeah, this yeah. is the annual you know, one, and like I like this one. Like I, yeah, like, I like I, it. 
like I like I like mostly all of them, but I think this one is like particularly like like charming, I guess. Yeah, I, I I think one thing I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but one thing for me that sticks out is Barry Kitson did the cover to this issue, the the Starscream, where he's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's Christmas, you know, so what, you know, like like so that's kind of cool, like because because I mean I guess you know I'm I, I'm not used to people that you know I you know it's rare like you know occasionally yeah. you got your Jim Lee cover he did, he did of Galvatron, do, you know, like, so. he, he did do a handful of like Marvel UK stories. Like, yeah. I think he was yeah. still kind of like I think he was like sorta like he was still making his bones, but he was also still like I, I forgot like still like we- sort of well known at this point because I remember reading like the commentary in those like UK classics where. Like, Simon Furman was like, oh, we, we were always trying to get, like, Barry Kitson to do more work for us, but mm. I don't think he really enjoyed, like, drawing Transformers. robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, that makes sense. That's too bad. I mean, and, and, and that's not to say I felt um, misled or, or bamboozled when I looked on the inside with the interior art. Like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but, I mean, I, I think Jeff Anderson draws transformers kind of in the same vein as somebody like jeff senior or you know like like or or he's kind of like somewhere in between jeff senior and and andy wildman you know like so it seems like the 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 style is slowly but surely moving in that general direction i feel like like i don't know like earlier jeff anderson stuff i think is kind of like I don't know, like a little more lifeless, but like mm-hmm. he's st- like I think he's been drawing it like pretty regularly at this point, and this is like some of his best work, I think. Yeah, and I think part of that probably is because of Stephen Baskerville, because like Stephen Baskerville's mm-hmm. the okay. guy who makes like Andy Wildman's stuff look like awesome. Okay. Yeah, okay, so, like, okay, I think that makes just, sense. He's just like a fantastic inker, and like Jeff Anderson, like I've his art's okay, but I've never thought it like had. Like it's it's like Jeff Senior's art in that like everything is kind of squarish. Yes. But like I think he's kind of lacking like Jeff Senior's like like style. I guess. Yeah. Or, like, okay. Dynamism. Okay. Like. You I, know, I, I, yeah, of. that makes sense. I can see that. Like I mean, there's there's good action sequences like you know streetwise like transforming and like tackling Starscream, but like I don't know, it just doesn't like have the like punch i guess or energy like that like someone like jeff senior or andy wildman would have okay yeah now and the other thing i think too is the the young man who befriends starscream i'm kind of like this seems to me to be like one of these what ifs like what if chip chase never ended up in a wheelchair and decided to befriend starscream or something because that's that's kind of the vibe i get from this kid like he's kind of got glasses he's kind of a little kind of timid and meek kind of deal. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, at one point, Starscream pretty much threatens to crush him to death. But he still, I guess, I guess he's not that meek because cause he, he, he kind of persists with, I'm going to, I'm going to show you, you know, robot, what the Christmas spirit is about. And he's not going to give up or anything. So that's kind of interesting. But I, it is kind of funny, though, because I guess for this story to work, like, Streetwise has to be kind of, inept and stupid like if that makes sense like because he's 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 sort of hell-bent on killing starscream and but in the meantime he kind of overlooks the fact that there are you know civilians in the midst of his his kind of rampage against starscream or whatever so like in that sense you know like i guess when the kid chastises him you know it's it's like it kind of makes sense like so which i guess it's supposed to but it's kind of funny that You've got like you know a, a you know a human chat you know kind of chewing out an Autobot in defense of a Decepticon like that is kind of kind of and it's atypical of a Transformer story even in the Marvel kind of continuity. Hey, Streetwise is just trying to clean up his neighborhood, Turkey. That's I guess that's what's going on. Yeah, it's funny but, that the kid the kid almost like at the end it's like it, it, you know the the kid is saddened but like he's literally like he's it, to me it's like he's pretty much shedding tears you know like because starscream doesn't get it you know or whatever so it's kind of kind of funny yeah no that's a like for the like you said for the gag to work it's like someone's gotta start a marvel style fight you know where someone yeah. jumps to a yeah. conclusion there's a misunderstanding or you know 
you know, Spider-Man's in a bad mood, so he like jumps the first, you know, bad guy he sees. Right, so, right, like, right. Yeah. So the so the story works and everything. It's interesting from that. I mean, I it, we don't normally get bogged down in the minutia of continuity, but it's like it's interesting. Like like in the Marvel comics, Starscream would have been in a cryo tube because he got crushed and sort of killed by Omega Supreme in like what issue nineteen, but like then. This is a reference to what Target 2006, where like they pulled him out of it for a little while, but then stuck him back in the cryo tube so that yeah, that it would they, line they, up with Marvel continuity. Yeah, but then that, they just kind of left the cryo tube lying around in the snow yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Like, and and then and then if you think really hard about it, like does the, the, does this this takes place before Underbase? Yes. So then it it really all that trouble to line it back up with the Marvel comic kind of goes out the window with this story too if you're Yeah. Gonna be well, all, what what like, happens is like Starscream in the U, by going strictly by US continuity Starscream like stays like in Autobot custody until like I think the 40s and then they have that big battle on the moon where right, right. Ratbat like rescues all those guys and I think in the UK they just kind of like they I remember cuz it's like the Constructicons lifting a bunch of like boxes out of the ark that all have like people's names on names them, on like them. Starscream, Thundercracker, like whoever got fragged by Omega Supreme. But like in, when the UK reprinted that issue, they just erased all those names. So it's like whoever they were still using at that point, it's like well they couldn't have been in custody. So right, right, yeah. and and then they just kind of chalked it up to like Starscream after this Christmas story just shows up on Ratbat's doorstep and is yeah. like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah. yeah, it's like I've just been tooling around the Midwest United United States for like you know thirty issues. Like I'm I'm ready to come back in from the cold. Did you? I, I mean, I know it's kind of brief, but since this is our Christmas episode, did you have anything to say about Grimlock sort of dressed up as as Santa Claus with a little hat and beard in the Grimgrams letter page or whatever? <laughs> like, no, I mean, that is kind that, of an interesting look. Grimlock, it's cute. Yeah, it looks yeah. like kind of looks like he's using his sword as like a letter opener or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that, that, that's cute. Like, I like I appreciate this and. I don't know. It's something like almost like lost to time now. Almost. Yeah. I well, I kind of feel jealous of like this. Like I, I know it's lame because it's a bunch of VHS tapes that had like probably two twenty-minute Transformers episodes on them. But I was like, wow, they've got a contest to win forty Transformers videos. It sounds like like the gold mine. If the who, whatever little British kid won this contest, like they were like set, man. They like had all the Transformers cartoons pretty much right like yeah if there were if there there were like two episodes right 40 i mean at the very least they'd have almost the whole series right like that's like what 80 episodes i mean there's only like 90 something episodes right like yeah 98 total yeah i think so So, i mean i mean that pretty much like i mean does that mean like did the uk get like i guess official releases of the entire series i don't know yeah i don't even know know. because i know we didn't like on vhs at least yeah unless we maybe we had those the the fhe ones like pretty much was like all of season one for sure and then and then there was like those random uh, like after the movie there was like those random things like five faces of darkness and i think like eventually like we started getting those like return of optimus prime and some of those other like kind of combo things in like certain sets and stuff like that but yeah i don't think we ever had like the whole thing maybe i mean i could be i could be assuming and exaggerating i mean maybe maybe most of these 40 copies are just 40 episodes but still that's that's seems like more than what we got here so <laughs> maybe it's like all like illegitimate like they were copying episodes off the tv mm-hmm. or something yeah yeah maybe maybe i don't yeah i don't know i don't know anything about msd video i'm assuming it's legit because it's in this in this comic but yeah we, i guess we don't know anything yeah. about it but anyway yeah so like yeah like i i like this one and like do you have do you anything think, else oh, well, do, you, do you do you think the uh old people that got rescued here by starscream lived on to like board the white base and cause bright and amaro consternation <laughs> yes like, yes okay. they, they okay. lived on to complain about a great deal of things yes okay that's that's what i was thinking yeah they, other than that i think i think i'm good 
uh, they they probably all died in the various like holocausts that like happened after this, like in the comics or whatever. <laughs> whether it you know whether it be like Geaxis blowing up chunks of the planet or you know whoever else attacking, you know. No, they probably just had some hot cocoa with Grim Grams. Like that's what I think happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. Move on to the next uh, the next year. I think yeah, it is. Sounds yeah, sounds good. Yeah. And uh, the next year's story is in Transformers uh, Marvel UK 198. It's called Cold Comfort and Joy. Uh, It's got a cover date of December 31st, 1988. Uh, The plot is by Simon Furman, and the script is by Ian Rimmer, like the last one. Uh, Pencils by Andy Wildman. uh, Inks by Stephen Baskerville. uh, Colors by Ewan Peters. Letterer is Glib. And uh, it's got a co- as you mentioned last time. Uh, I should mention the cover artist is also Andrew Wildman. And I will read the summary. Optimus Prime, having recently returned to life in the planet Earth, is having difficulty identifying with his past. It appears that his time as a computer-generated character has separated him emotionally from his own past experiences. He is aware of the old Prime's thoughts and beliefs, but he cannot completely understand them. More troubling for Prime is his lack of interest in Earth and its populace, and how he allowed protecting those people to become his primary goal above stopping the Decepticons. Clearly, the Decepticons are a threat to all life in the universe, so why did he previously forestall efforts to totally eradicate the enemy where it might have led to human losses? Why did the needs of the few so massively outweigh the needs of the many in his past actions? Back at the Autobot shuttle, the Power Masters are expressing their concern about Optimus Prime while watching television, when suddenly a news report about a nearby giant robot attack catches their attention. They decide to leave Prime to his musings and capture the evil Decepticons that they are sure are responsible. Optimus Prime continues his reverie, looking back on the Autobots' earliest encounters with the Decepticons after awakening on this planet. Astonishingly, he, even, he then recognizes that he had already had the interests of humanity as top priority, even, even during the first battle on Earth at Witwicky Auto Body Shop. He thinks back even further to the Decepticon boarding party that led to the Ark's fateful crash on Earth, and with a cold realization comes to understand his past actions. At the devastated town of Border Flats, the Power Masters have arrived to survey the damage and look for clues about the attacking Decepticons. They pick up a trio of Transformer life signs and race off to confront them. To their total surprise, though, the attackers are Autobots, specifically three Wreckers who were stationed on Earth some weeks ago. The red-faced Autobots explained how they tried to get involved in the celebration of Christmas, but only ended up panicking the humans and crashed into some buildings while trying to avoid stepping on the little guys. Optimus Prime arrives and shares in the Wreckers' grief over the harm the Transformers have caused the people of Earth. Optimus has finally remembered the key to his single-minded devotion to protecting the Earth's people. It was his hand that triggered the Ark's crash landing on this planet and caused the people of Earth no end of tragedy as their war spread over the human's world. Standing with his fellow Autobots, Optimus Prime renews his vow to protect these people from the Decepticons first and foremost and give his life if necessary to help amend the mistake he made that fateful day. So I guess it's worth mentioning, this is Andy Wildman's first real, I mean, full Transformers story, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, that's kind of cool. I mean, like, I, I, I guess also, something I didn't mention, but it applies to this story as well, is I, I think, other than those, like, you know, Angel Fire scan type things, which might have been the f- very, very first time I read these, like, probably the next time I read it was with those Titan book reprints, you know, those kind of oversized, like, larger kind of reprint books and everything. So, like, I, I, I have, you know, like, I you know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think I have these stories memorized or anything. They're not, like, you know, in in the ebbs of my heart or, like, you know, like, committed to memory or anything. But, like, when I start reading them now for this show, it's like, I kind of remember, oh, yeah, I remember the thing with Starscream and the, the bus full of old people and all, you know, and it's kind of the same thing with this, where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of sort of remember this, where he's with all his Power Master bros, and they're like, 
you know, kind of running into, you know, a bunch of wreckers, and there's, like, some of these flashbacks to, uh, you know, like, issue number two and, and, and different things like that. Like, I mean, overall, I think this is a a well-written story, and, like, it kind of makes sense. I mean, like, I, I think this is... This is more of the, you know, hey, Mr. like Optimus Prime type thing where he's he's kind of always like sort of consternating doing the the Hamlet bit. You know, he's kind of off by himself in the snow, kind of pontificating and, you know, kind of trying to figure out what his purpose is and all that kind of stuff. You know, Optimus Prime in the comics always did a lot of hand wringing. And it was like he finally, you know, in this, he kind of woke the fuck up and was like, oh, yeah, I, I pushed the button. But then, you know, like, sometimes I wonder about that. Like, like it's kind of like, at the time he pushed the button, like, there were no humans on Earth four million years ago. So it's kind of like, I mean, he, he certainly takes a lot of the blame onto himself. And, and I think you could just as easily have a, you know, CW arrow moment where they're like, Prime, you can't take this all on yourself. Like, it's not your fault. Like, you know, for all you knew, there were a bunch of freaking dinosaurs on the planet back then and it's like but i would have endangered them too you know or whatever you know like those kind of things so this is not obviously andy wildman you know as he would go on to be but but you kind of see the beginnings of his his style and everything like that so i mean you know it's a little rough around the edges and like you're saying the the inking brings out a lot of the art and stuff but you you kind of see the tropes of certain things i mean certainly you've got guys like Getaway who are, like, super expressive and everything, and I, I kind of feel like you need to play the Miami Metal Clamp theme song, you know, <laughs> under under this podcast at some point, because that, that I thought was kind of cute and Slap funny. Slapdash's favorite show, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that they that they, they got a kick out of watching Earth television or whatever and that kind of deal. But I guess it is kind of surprising that, like, the Wreckers, like, accidentally, like, knocked over a bunch of buildings, like, that... I, I guess in some sense it's like, oh, it kind of makes sense. Like, they, they got carried away in the midst of a party, but, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it is kind of funny. Like, it's like, look, this is just a wacky misunderstanding, guys. You know, like, we're not Decepticons. You know, like, we just had a little too much energy on or something. Like, you know, or whatever, whatever's going on there. But, you know, it, it's fine. They had a little too much eggnog energy on or whatever it is. I've got a couple notes about this story, and I'll start off with, like, an, one something that made me unintentionally laugh is when, like, the Autobot, like, Power Masters are complaining in that base, and, like, their, their Power Master, like, Nebulon uh, buddies, like, you know, start kind of ribbing them about it, and then it's like... It's like, oh, you guys, like, cold? Like, and one of them's name is Lube, so he's like, Lube will keep you warm, like... It's like, okay, kinda... whoa... I, I, I kind of don't want to know the science of them transforming into engines and warming them up, you know, like, because I'm kind of like, what would that really do to the Nebulon, you know, humanish yeah. body form? But whatever, like, I, I'm not going to, like, stress about it too much or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I'm, kinda, I'm like, they don't, like, I'm kind of sad that even though they, like, did this whole, like, headmasters, target masters, power masters thing, like, after that whole. Like the, it seems like after the introduction issues of those characters, they become like kind of footnotes and like yeah yeah. Like I know I know it's at that point it was just because I'm sure like you know Simon Furman and like whoever else didn't really want to bother with them because it was probably like oh dumb humans like attaching to the robots who cares? But now nowadays I kind of look back at that and say like I don't know there was more potential for like exploration of like you know a human and transformer partnership. Right, and and also maybe like, just in general, those characters. I mean, you know, they, they 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 were inundated with so many toys and concepts, you know, that they had to introduce them all. And like, this is a nice moment to actually just sort of reflect on the characters rather than you know, like, because it's like you you had issue forty two and they introduced Power Master Prime, and then you get like two or three panels where it's like, dude, get away, slapdash, you know. It's like Joyride, you know, Vroom, you know, like, and, and, and they shoot some stuff, and then it's like they're fighting Dreadwind and Darkwind, and, and that's kind of, you know, the end of it, right? Like, but this, they actually sort of get to, you know, have some conversations, like, you could kind of maybe decide, like, which one of these guys' personality you like the best, and you're kind of on their side, even if they, even if they end up attacking some, 
some drunken Autobots partying at Christmas or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, even though even though guys like Inferno and Sandstorm and Broadside are probably, conceivably, you should maybe like those guys more because they're older Autobots, you know, kind of like older school Autobots. It's like, I kind of take... I kind of take getaway side, you know, because it's like, why are you guys fucking around and being dumb? Like, you fucked yeah. up, you know? So it's like, I, I think they do a good job of kind of putting them on your side and everything. But I, I sort of agree with you, like, just beyond the Power Master characters, like, yeah, they, they get forgotten about pretty easy. But, I mean, I think even these characters in general, other than Power Master Prime, like, you know, to me, it's like the first thing I think of when I think of Getaway is, like, what is it? I forget what issue it is. I think it's, like, issue 80. Isn't he the one that's, like, yelling and screaming and he's about to die or whatever it is? Like, yeah, he, like, dies on, like, the second page of issue 80, I think. Yeah, so it's, like, that's what I immediately think of of the poor bastard gets gets whacked you know like so it's like it's not like he had a, a long quote-unquote shelf life in if, his, well, if, his if you if you look at getaway's history in the marvel comics Furman always liked to kill him because mm. his name was getaway and he was like well it'd be funny if getaway couldn't get away like so ah, like I it, see. That, that seems to be a running joke like a lot of the times with getaway and Furman. so but, uh, I mean, I, I think that I think also what sort of illustrates your point is like the cover, because because the cover kind of illustrates what you could have had with some of these guys, because it's like you see you see all the Power Master guys, you know, fighting in the background, and so as not to completely spoil it, it's kind of like, I mean, it, it's like they're drawing you know broadside and sandstorm, but they're so obscured with like snow and stuff, you don't quite know who the heroes are fighting so as not to spoil the story but then in the foreground it's like you've got all these kind of almost like a kevin mcguire style like bunch of expressions on all the the you know nebulan power masters you know where it's like you know it's supposed to be comedy almost because there's this big raging fight with the transformers in the background and then they're kind of like you're new on earth they said you don't know what christmas is about they said we'll explain about the peace and spirit of goodwill they said and meanwhile there's this you know ruckus fight going on in the background so it is kind of you know along the lines of something that would be sort of like a you know blah ha you know justice league international kind of cover and moment and everything so i mean I, I i can see what you're saying about maybe lost potential for for those type of characters yeah and then the other point i wanted to bring up like i find it like interesting that like they bring up how prime is just coming off being resurrected like quote unquote resurrected like and like you know he he spent time as a like you know computer character like a digitized entity and this is long before there was the concept of like sparks and stuff mm. like, like transformers just existed basically as like a brain module and 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 like taking that into account you could say like oh well they just copied his brain you know from a floppy disk into this new optimus prime and that's all there is to it but like you know looking back at it with like you know how the concept of transformer life has evolved like today it's kind of weird and like i know you've not read it but like james roberts like big like fanfic novel like eugenesis oh like, okay in it like it takes place roughly like i think in like 2020 or something or like somewhere way after the events of like the marvel comics and like optimus is has been dead for years like again and, like, they all speak about, like, the Power Master era, like, Optimus Prime, as just, like, a clone. Or, like, just some mm. kind of, like, copy of Optimus Prime. And, like, you know, like, they, they're all kind of dismissive of it, where it's like, well, that wasn't the real Optimus Prime. And, like, like I kind of see, the, like, the genesis of that, like, story, like, what he must have gotten as a fan reading this. Like, in this story, basically, because he's, you know, Optimus is kind of, like, detached from his emotions, almost, and he has to, like, re-examine all his old memories and stuff, so, like, I, I don't know, it's kind of interesting, like, maybe, like, maybe Yeah, something... I mean, I, I guess, I guess in some ways it's kind of like how some fans felt about, you know, like, Ben Riley or, or somebody like Kyle Rayner, or, you know, there, there's that weird disconnect of, like, 
is this the real Spider-Man? Is it not? And like for some people, maybe they they started with Power Master Optimus Prime, so they'd be like, "Shut the fuck up, dude! What do you mean he's a clone?" But then you know, for the guys that had been reading since maybe Transformers One, you know, you did get this vibe that like, "Hey, wait a minute!" Like he was in a freaking floppy disk, and then you know, now all of a sudden he's not the same guy he was before. But I mean, I don't know. For me though, I I, I kind of took it as like, dude, he gets back to hand wringing like immediately you know like like that that was always the defining characteristic for me of marvel comics optimus prime he was always wringing his hands over you know the morality of shit and the war and all this other stuff and he i mean i don't know that he ever really resolved anything to anyone's satisfaction but he certainly made a big fucking hamlet scene over it all the time like he certainly went off on his own and kind of lamented and 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 twiddled his fucking thumbs and and did all this kind of hemming and hawing over you know you know what was me i pushed the button and all that stuff that doesn't i mean you know it's it's only what like a six eight page story i mean it doesn't take him long to get to the fact like oh shit oh yeah i remember why i do this now because i'm the i'm the asshole who pushed the button that brought the war to earth so like it's sort of my responsibility to to prevent any kind of collateral damage that incurs because we brought our war here but then again like i said you could always argue well hey he didn't know that human life was gonna spring up when he crashed into this essentially you know quote unquote i don't know if it was lifeless but i mean it was just a bunch of fucking dinosaurs you know like yeah i don't know not even like like dinosaurs existed what 65 million years ago and they only yeah, crashed yeah, 4 yeah. million years ago like yeah, well so. i said maybe it was like savage land dinosaurs that, dinosaurs you know, like the, yeah. the dinobots scanned but yeah like, who knows like I, I i'm terrible with like ancient history like prehistory or whatever like all i know is like dinosaurs were 65 million years ago right but, right right but yeah no i get what you're saying though but yeah like again like i like this i think i i really liked the thing that marked it out for me immediately as an Andy Wildman drawn issue was like the first page of that that shot of Optimus like walking through the snow. Like I was kind of like that. That's that's kind of an Andy Wildman like trademark to me. Is like a for opening page like huge image that like immediately mm-hmm. grabs your attention. I mean, I guess I guess just speaking for myself, like I was always. I mean, I was extremely happy to get the Power Master Optimus Prime toy because I think by that point my my original Optimus Prime toy I had lost the fists and the gun was broke and I think what I used to do was when the gun was broken I could like fit part of the gun barrel into his hand and so like that to me he was kind of like a shockwave version of Optimus Prime or whatever because I was missing one of the fists and stuff <laughs> but you know it was like uh, you know he was he was in okay condition but clearly he had been played with and had seen better days than like a pristine, you know, generation one Optimus Prime, you know, from from the original line. So getting an opportunity to have like Power Master Optimus Prime and then that, you know, his his main cab actually kinda turns into for me was was what looked more like a cartoon accurate Optimus Prime. I was like, oh this is really cool. Like I I love Power Master Optimus Prime. I mean, I'm kinda like you know, if it wasn't so much money, I'm kind of tempted to to get that third party one that came out too, because like I, I I feel like that's one of these. I, I guess it, this is one of those new, all different looks that that hit home with me, kind of like the black costume Spider Man or the Gray Hulk or Silver Centurion Iron Man. Like it, it probably just hit me at the right time. So I have a lot of affection for for kind of Prime and and. Darkwing and Dreadwind and all that kind of good stuff. Like I, I, I kind of dig those guys, even though they were never like really animated, you know, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I guess aside you, from you, like you, commercials, you, you, yeah. yeah, well, commercials, or you could argue, you know, Master Force in some way, but not really, you know, things like that. But other than that, like it, it wasn't like I was exposed to that as a kid. The only thing I was exposed to was Transformers forty two, and then that sort of made me go out and buy the the toys. So cool. So anything else on this issue? Or no, you wanna... no, I think I'm good. All right, well, let's move on to the third, uh, the last comic strip we will discuss. But Oh, oh you know what we should talk about before we move on is uh, just the same thing with, like, the, the Grim Grams. It's like, 
they're, they've got another contest to win a bunch of annuals, and there's these kind of cute, stupid little pictures of, like, A, B, and C, where it's like Scourge has a Santa Claus hat and beard, and Rodimus has a Santa Claus hat and beard, and, and Galvatron has a Santa Claus hat and beard, so... I'm, I'm winning. I'm winning the contest. Obviously, I <laughs> yeah. got them all. Right. Didn't but, like last time we talked about Christmas stories. Didn't we like have the joke that like you know Galvatron should discover the Christmas spirit and like you know had yes had, like Cyclonus could be Rudolph and the sweeps yes. would be the reindeer. And, well, I, I felt I felt misled by that cover. Like I wanted I wanted desperately for Galvatron to have that like Skeletor moment in the He-Man Christmas special where Galvatron's like. What is this spirit coming over me? You know, like that kind of thing. So, why it's the Christmas spirit, mighty Galvatron? Mighty it makes Galvatron. you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't like it. <laughs> He's like start shooting, <laughs> start shooting yeah. at Christmas trees and shit. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's that's all. I just yeah. I just want to laugh at the the the. Autobots and Decepticons with with Santa Claus beards. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But anyway, uh, we will talk about Transformers Marvel UK number two hundred and fifty. The cover date is uh, December twenty third, nineteen eighty. Oh no, wait, December thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine. It's written by Simon Furman, uh, art by Staz, uh, letterer Kellen Stone. And uh, the story is titled "The Greatest Gift of All." And uh, I should mention, like by this point, uh, Marvel UK has gone into like black and white strips. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, like they just reprinted like the US strips, and then they had a backup strip, which was just black and white, and usually only like five or six pages. So, like, this is like the in between the last uh, story and this one. Yeah, they switched to this format, so this story is a little shorter than the others. It's Christmas Day, 1989. Longtooth's piece of the creation matrix has reached Optimus Prime. Now he can grant life to one of the many deactivated Autobots. He considers first aid as they need a medic, Prowl for his leadership, one of the Dinobots for their strength. Optimus is suddenly revolted at the idea of playing God, and briefly decides to choose a random person to revive, settling on Sea Spray, but cannot go through with such an arbitrary way of deciding who lives. His dilemma is interrupted by a report. Stakeout and the rescue patrol have cornered Whisper, who has an open-ended contract on all of Autobot High Command, and are closing in. As Optimus Prime monitors the battle, ordering no harm comes to human or animal life, he briefly considers reviving Silverbolt, only to wonder if he'll resent being chosen when others weren't. His musing is interrupted when the rescue patrol comes under attack by Whisper's airstrike patrol buddies. The resulting battle trashes a forest, and in monitoring it, Optimus gets a computer report on the environmental knock-on damage being caused. Optimus Prime suddenly realizes how much damage their war has done to Earth. He calls the rescue patrol back to base and sends the Matrix Fragment into Earth's atmosphere, causing rain that repairs the damage the battle has done to the environment. He has a gift, the greatest gift of all, and he gladly gives it to the earth. The end. I think this is a bunch of hippie bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, the cover's really nice. Like it's all jovial, and they're all kind of surrounding a Christmas tree, and they've all kind of got like drinks and stuff like that. And I kind of like that. There's that weird commentary that like Bumblebee is playing with a toy of himself. So that's that's kind of something that is commented on. I, I kind of think like Optimus Prime in this case had never played any video games. Cause I'm like, of course you resurrect first aid and then first aid's your medic and he runs around and, he, and revives yeah, he heals all, all your else. other dudes. Like, I don't know why this is, you know, but again, like, you know, they, they, they kind of go in a different direction, but it, it kind of reminds me of like some of the discussion we were having with shag about, you know, the different, perceptions of the matrix or the creation matrix or you know whatever you want to call it you know in some cases it's a computer program in some cases it's the you know the matrix of leadership which is you know in someone's chest in a little kind of container and and all that kind of stuff and in this case it's like this little fucking turd in optimus prime's hand that he gets to like be mary poppins with at the end and like 
you know, basically kind of go all swamp thing on with this, you know, battlefield that they were fighting in and all this other kind of stuff. So it's like, I mean, you know, the, the, the sentiment is nice, but I, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like, it, it just seems funny and hokey that like he, he goes through great lengths to be like, don't fuck shit up. Don't hurt anybody. And then they're like, dude, we followed orders. We didn't hurt anybody. But, but the trees, you know, the animals, <laughs> the pollution, you know, Captain Planet, don't any of you Autobots watch Captain Planet? You know, it's like, well, if you're so fucking concerned about that, then, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, why don't you, I was, I was kind of like, why don't you go to like a cancer ward or something and like spread the Matrix life energy there, or, you know, to maybe find some people who have been hurt by the Transformers war and give it to them if you're really feeling guilty, like... It's what it is. I, I guess, you know, there there is that aspect to me, too, that is disappointed that we're now in the, the black and white. Like, because I was kind of dreading the black and white backups, because I was like, I knew eventually we'd get to it with how far, you know, the Christmas stories went in this case. And, you know me, I mean, I just, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm sad that there's no color. Like, the other, <laughs> the other thing I'm sad about is, like, I, I, I know they when they reprinted these, they were reprinted as, like, little black and white like reprint books, you know? So I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know. I, I secretly, I was kind of hoping maybe, you know how like you, you occasionally will, will show me some of those best of the UK collections. Like I was kind of hoping like maybe at some point IDW was like, why don't we color these fuckers in or something? You know, yeah, a lot of people have been like hoping that like they've got one more, like, and I feel like it's been like on delay forever, but there's like one more volume of that UK classic series to come out that collects the rest of the colored strips. It's cancelled. We can all go home. Mm. And then like after that, it's like, you know, we're like, why don't you like color up all the, you know, black yeah. and white yeah. strips? Yeah, that would that would be cool, I think. The the only other thing I'd say is even though I really do enjoy the cover, like I, I feel like it's kind of misleading. Like it's like they're they're trying to sell the Power yeah. Master Jazz Bumblebee and Grimlock, and then I guess for some random reason Omega and Cupper in the background, and then you've got basically Prime, Darkwing, and Dreadwind. But it's like yeah. other than <laughs> yeah, Omega, Omega Supreme is really like random. He's yeah. like a headless corpse at this point. Like, yeah, <laughs> like so, in, uh, well maybe he's like yeah. the ghost of Christmas Past or some shit at the party. I don't know, but yeah, like and and they're not trying to hawk a. Omega Supreme toy at this point, obviously. But I, I guess my point is, like, I, I, I kind of just felt like, oh, well, other than Power Master Prime, n- none of these characters appear in this story? Unless unless maybe Darkwind or Dreadwing... Maybe maybe some of, of those micro, micro Masters scattered around, I think. Mm, but, okay. yeah. I don't know. But I should mention that, like, I mentioned it in the summary, but this this story is actually, like, there's a lead-in to this story, which I think is the strip right before it, which uh, is about Longtooth, the pretender, who uh, turns out to have, like, this little Matrix nugget that he carries around with him, like, and, like, I I guess, like, during the war, like, uh, Optimus Prime gave him this little Matrix nugget. For, I forgot what I haven't read that strip in a while. It was for some stupid reason, I'm sure. But um, like he held on to it this whole time as his sort of like insurance policy, where he, you know, if I was going to die, I'd use it. But instead, he gets like so guilt stricken that he just like mails it, like to you know, he uses like whatever Cybertron and Amazon Prime and mails it to Optimus Prime or whatever. And that's awesome. where this story, like you know, uh, opens when with him receiving the little Matrix nugget. Okay. But Longtooth is the stupid walrus pretender guy, uh, if anyone is wondering, yeah. If anyone deserved to croak and not use a Matrix nugget. <laughs> yeah, it was Longtooth, <laughs> yeah, right? I think I think even like Nick Roche has like gone on record as like someone asked like who's your least favorite Transformer? And like he like immediately answered like Longtooth, like, <laughs> like Is that weird that they have a bunch of like nuts and bolts to like eat in a like candy jar or something on the cover i guess yeah because i'm assuming i'm assuming those are supposed to be like edible snacks is that like cannibalism like i don't know yeah i don't know i mean i i i I don't know it's weird though that like prime has a martini glass full of i assume energon with ice but 
They're also going to maybe, maybe they're jelly beans like Nicolas Cage or something. Well, like trans Cybertronian jelly beans. Yeah, yeah jelly cubes or something. Je- jelly energon cubes or something. Yeah, okay, okay, I'll buy that. I'll, I'll go along with that. Well, be honest. Optimus should have just revived Sea Spray, just like for, to to up like, morale. Oh, 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 stop yeah. messing up the environment! Oh, 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 oh. He's like, I, I revived the guy with the speech impediment. He's hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, hell, if he wanted to, like, he was like, oh man, I'm so guilty about the the environment. I better revive Beachcomber. Like, what, <laughs> like, what? What point were we at in the U.S. comic at this point? I do believe it's, like, right at the beginning. If I remember the reprint that was included with this, it's, like, right at the beginning of Simon Furman's, like, uh, run oh, in the U.S. Okay. comic. Okay. So, it's like, so, so maybe, like, just prior to, like, Matrix Quest and all that? Yeah, yep. Like, it's, like, the pretend, the introduction of, like, Pretender Grimlock okay. and Starscream. Okay. And, that that kind of fits with the cover of this. Maybe maybe that's why they were on the cover, because the, the actual interiors did have, like, Jeff Senior doing these pretender. Yeah, the the, the wiki pretenders. page. Uh, it's it's congruent with uh, Transformers fifty nine. Okay. The US. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that 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 the cover makes a little more sense then. Yeah. But I th- I do think it's interesting because like you know a lot of people died in issue fifty of the U.S. comic like at the end of the underbase co- like thing but like we didn't see like every like and then like they kind of kept tacking people on like uh, like later where it's like you know if you don't see a guy anymore it's because he died to starscream basically and it's like you, like i don't think we sea spray or prowl or even first aid were even in issue 50 mm. or if they were it's like they certainly weren't getting killed by starscream but it's like oh they all died like off panel kind of it's like just consider everyone from the first like three years like who doesn't have a new toy is dead basically they're all dead yeah, except anyone who gets a pretender shell. You know what? It, like, uh, maybe it reminded you too. But when Optimus was like ordering the like rescue patrol away, he kind of sounded like like early Professor X or something, where he's like, you know, he was kind of like, leave, leave those guys alone, like X Men, oh. like retreat he's gonna, from like, the forest. He's like, yeah. No, all this time I never realized, never knew the harm we were doing. Snake out! Get your team out of there now! We will have yeah. to be stopped some other time. It, like stake out is kind of like Cyclops, where he's like, you know, Professor, are you sure? Like we've got these guys on the ropes. He's like, do not question my orders. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it rain, rain on on this environment. That's weird, though. Like, like should we have the the weird scientific? Like discussion about like why does the Matrix Nugget make it rain? Like, because it's the creation matrix. Like, because it's not just the scientific transformer thing. Like, like basically, like like your your uh, supposition would be if if Prime took it to a cancer ward, like the Nugget would basically like remove the cancer from everybody just because it's the creation matrix. Yeah, nugget. It just okay. works whatever way. Just it just do, just does yeah. whatever it needs to do to like heal and and restore like ba- basically restoring first aid would be the same thing as just you know i don't know like eradicating the cancer from somebody or 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 cleaning the pollution or you know whatever environmental damage was done because of this fight like it's just it does whatever it needs to do for the sake of the story yeah like, okay. yeah, the, like it's pure life energy i'd imagine so you okay. know it, Whatever. Oh, and yeah, it's a, it's a it's a plot device. It's a MacGuffin. So. Is that weird? Like, why does why does why did did they ever explain it? like why does Longfoot have a little nugget? Like, how do you get a like? I thought. Yeah, like that. Like I said, that strip right before this one. Like, it, like I forgot exactly what happened, but it's like I, he has some flashback, like to the war where he was like. I think he was, like, with a dying friend, and, like, Optimus Prime just happened upon them, like, on the battlefield, and, like, he was like, uh, don't worry, like, your friend's gonna be okay, like, here's a little, like, Matrix nugget, and, like, use it to revive your friend, but, like, as soon as Optimus walked off, like, Longtooth just pocketed the nugget, basically. Oh, okay. So okay, I got that's it. Why he, so, that's, so what, that's, that's why he feels guilty. Oh, okay, so it came, it came from Prime, okay. 
Yeah. I see. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it now. I see. God, he's an ugly son of a bitch, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, long tooth, yeah. Okay. And he's like, oh, I'm basically he's sending it back to who it belonged to, essentially. And then Prime still fucking hand rings over it. Like, dude, you you gave it to the fucking Prime, man. Marvel Prime. He, too much hand wringing, dude. Just <laughs> do something, man. Stop being Hamlet, you know? Come on. Mister. Yeah. Too too much of that. Too much. But anyway, uh, what do you think of, like, Staz's art? Like, I mean, it's okay. It's but, like, not bad. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any damning criticism of it or anything. It doesn't, I, I don't know that it necessarily wows me. I mean, it, 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 it does seem to be in line with some of the other art that we've been looking at. But, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that it's not in color. I mean, he does a good job of having a character like Prime that has a faceplate, like, emote at certain points. I mean, you know, in, in what you were calling the Professor X sequence, I mean, you do see the alarm in his face, even though he's essentially, you know, a robot, right? Like, you, you he is personified fairly well in the art, you know? And, and you know, it's... You you can tell what's going on and everything. I I just wish it was in color. And then the other thing too is like I I have to be honest. I don't have all like the mini cons committed to memory or anything. So like if it, if it was it, it probably would be hard for me to tell them apart if they were all in color and they did a like Chris Claremont roll call name thing anyway. But the fact that they're not doing a roll call and they're not in color and they're all in black and white, like they may as well all be like you know, Judge Dredd in black and white, and then I get confused because I think somebody shot Judge Dredd in the head, and it's just, like, some random lower-level judge who's not Judge Dredd. You know what I mean? Like, where I'm like, what's going on? All these turtles look alike without their masks on. You know, like, that kind of thing. It's funny. It's like, Longtooth is portrayed here as, like, a well, like, in the last, in the strip before this one, is, like, a friggin' coward who, like, kept the life nugget for himself. And then, like, in his issue, his spotlight issue in the U.S. comic, he's portrayed as a crazy person who, like, you know, he does the whole Ahab and the whale thing uh, during Matrix okay. Quest. So it's like, it's it's like every time Longtooth shows up, he's some kind of asshole, basically. Well, it's weird, though, because in the beginning of this U.K. strip, he is sort of trying to commit, or at least he's accused of trying to commit suicide. So there, there, there seems to be some consistency there, but yeah. 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 But he is he is kind of wild and crazy as far as that goes. Do you do you, do you want to talk about this the the three hundred two with the whole like Christmas Carol text piece with with Dreadwind yeah. or whatever? Like, why don't why don't why don't why don't you dramatically read it? Alright. Christmas Eve twas a cold winter's evening Ebenezer Dreadwind huddled round the Energon cubes in his barricaded room at Marvel headquarters. Bah, Hot Rod, he moaned. I'll show them. As everyone knew, he had refused to surrender his post at Transformers. Now isolated from the world, he grew more bitter and twisted, cursing Autobot and human as days moved into weeks. On the stroke of midnight, he suddenly felt he was not alone in his makeshift fortress. Who's there? he bellowed, and turned to find himself face to face with three ghostly apparitions. The first, a shimmering likeness of Grimlock, spoke and blinked. Me am the ghost of the past. You, Ebenezer, do yourself no justice. Go in peace back to Cybertron and cease this charade. The second commanded him in the deep tones of an action master and blinked, for it was indeed the voice of Blaster. Blaster blasting at you? I am the ghost of the present. What good this stand, Decepticon? He whom the flames of bitterness surround at last turns his poison sting against himself like the scorpion. Be gone! Dreadwind turned to the third figure whose face was hidden. Who, who are you? he asked. With that, the third figure pulled back his cowl and blinked. Dreadwind's face turned pale for what he saw was his own image but distorted in a hideous manner. He had to turn away. I am what will become of you if you do not change your ways, said the decomposing doppelganger. 
Heed the words of my comrades, or this will become thy true reflection. When Dredwin turned again to gaze upon the spirits, they had vanished. He had put his face in his hands and shed a solitary tear. As dawn broke on Christmas morning, he was still awake, his visage ashen, his mind deep in conflict. He abandoned his abode and made his way through the streets of London. As he passed the Humes huddled in their cardboard homes for the first time in his life, he felt a twinge of pity. He was going home, home to plot a vengeance on these sanctimonious ultimate beings that the very cosmos would wear a frown in his wake. Dun dun dun. Thank you, Derek. Very, very deft. No problem. No, but this is this is weird, right? Like I, I was like, it's too bad they didn't actually draw this. Like, that would have been kinda cool, like, to see this done. And it's it's weird that this is the the cover feature but it's not the 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 story that is the i mean to me like you'd think the cover would be the main story that's featured but i don't know maybe maybe they were maybe they were still kind of going with this christmas tradition thing and that was all they could get out of it was just this little text piece but yeah i don't know I just figured since it was only like that one little blurb, it was a few paragraphs that it's just worth, you know, talking about yeah, it, and throwing it in here. Right you know, yeah, like it, yeah, and it definitely is weird that it gets the cover like credit, like, and it's a cool cover too. But like, again, it's a, a example of covers lying to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. This didn't necessarily lie, but it it, it embellished. You know, it it it. it it's sort of exaggerated, you know, like you, you, you'd think maybe you'd get a full art story of, of this kind of Ebenezer Scrooge with Dreadwind. And instead you get a completely different story on the inside. And then just this little text thing in the letter column, which is kind of weird. I like how they, uh, mention that like action masters have like deeper voices or something like they it describes like grimlock's voice as like you know the deep tones of an action master so is it like is it is is it like a steroid growl or something like yeah do all action masters have like the like jesse ventura voice or something well come on dreadwind yeah i'll give you some energon that'll turn you into a sexual tyrannosaurus It's weird, and I guess I guess the, the 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 main story only has sort of random mention of Christmas, I guess. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's pretty much. I mean, that's really all there is to yeah, say. Yeah, the, there's not there's not too much else other than that to say. So, I guess that's going to do it for for tonight's Transformers Tuesdays. I, I know we've. Uh, I guess we'll just mention. I know we've been getting. We had some a lot of nice feedback from the the Dreamwave episode and everything. So we just want to let everybody know who made comments on the blog spot. We we're not used to getting those. So so we're like, what comments on the blog spot? You know, like so. Thanks for people that that left some nice, uh, you know, Facebook feedback and Twitter feedback and all that stuff, but also that, that left direct comments on the blog and stuff like that. And I, I guess it's also worth mentioning, I'm going to chuckle about it in Justin's absence, that he had posted a poll on our Twitter about what people might like to see in our next year's schedule. And I was kind of chuckling because it came back like a lot of the, the feedback for the percentage was for making more Transformers Tuesdays episodes, so so we were kind of laughing about that. I'm like, see, it betrayed you. Twitter betrayed you, <laughs> you know, like so. But but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure we we, we have some things in mind and and stuff that we we you know have wanted to do for a long time. And there's there's other new things that are coming out in Transformers fandom that we can start discussing, you know, at different points in time. So I mean, there'll there'll definitely be more Transformers Tuesdays content, you know, going into next year. We will not disrespect your Twitter wishes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But speaking of Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff, we are on all kinds of cool social media. We're on Facebook, Twiddler, Tumblr, Twiddler? We're on Facebook. <laughs> Twiddler. Twitter. Twiddler and Tumblr. Tumblr. Instagram. 
Um, we uh, can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. We can be found on iTunes, even though iTunes is janky. We're there still, and you know that's that's just how it is. It's um, super janky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, you know you can find the backlog of our Transformers Tuesdays episodes on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you want to send us some emails, you can leave us emails at fanholespodcast@gmail.com. And in addition to Transformers Tuesdays, we've got all kinds of shows. We've got Mobile Suit Mondays, Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays. We've got Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. We've got the Fanholes podcast proper. We've got Comics, motherfucker. Do you read them? So we got all kinds of shows, and uh, we definitely try to get all those shows out, whichever ones they are, on a weekly basis. So there's always weekly content over on Fanholes. And until the next time, and oh yeah, I guess I guess for for everybody out there, you know, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, all that kind of stuff. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek Derek WC Ho 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 signing off. Hey, it's Mike. Uh, I'm going to go take some Nucleon, and my balls are going to shrink. Yeah. Oh, and Merry Christmas too. <laughs> iTunes sucks. I'm glad Steve Jobs is in hell. <laughs> okay. Better, better, <laughs> better. That was pretty dark. Yeah, better that was better pretty dark. edit that part out. All the, the yeah, massive no. uh, bunch of Steve Jobs fans are going to angry email yeah, us true. and everything. <laughs>